me on fire, set me on fire. Come on, sing. All right, well, welcome, church. Welcome to New Life Church. If you're new here, my name is Jeremy Smith, the lead pastor, and it's an honor and a privilege to have you worship with us this morning. Uh, what a day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. It is good to see your faces. It's good to see you. your bodies here at church today. Praise God. On this week of Thanksgiving. Um, and our prayers go out to you if you're traveling and uh, away and uh, as you do that for safety. And if you've got folks coming in, our prayers are with you too. Because I know how it can be sometimes with family and getting together and different things. Uh, but may it all be peaceful. May it all be well with you this week. Well, listen, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker today, our guest minister, Mark Cancia. Uh, he's former pastor at Salvation Army here in Jackson. I uh, met Mark a couple of years ago through JAMA, our local ministerial association. And uh, then I was privileged to be able to be in one of the Holy Week services that JAMA hosts throughout our city. And Mark was a speaker at that time. And um, I just, it was uh, at uh, First Presbyterian on Highland. And um, that's the one where you stand in the pulpit that's real, real high. You know, it's way up there. And um, uh, But Mark, uh, speaking the gospel that day, uh, just captured my attention. And I knew there was something special about him and that he, that he had a heart, not only to serve the Lord, but he has a heart for people. And he is a shepherd. He's a friend to so many, a servant in this city, a lover of Jesus. And he he a tireless, relentless worker for helping others and making sure others can have what they need to have in this life. And uh, most importantly, that's the gospel. And so would you help me with a New Life Church welcome, bring Mark Cancia to the front. Appreciate it. I love you too. morning. It is good to see you all this morning. Um, I've been praying for you guys for a while. I've actually been stalking you a little bit online. Um, just wanted to see what the ministry was like, and so I've gotten a glimpse of that. Um, I didn't know that you had a female minister, which was refreshing to see. It makes me feel good and safe, you know. Um, there was just a little bit of anxiety, and I talked to uh, to James about it earlier, just or not earlier, but on Friday, just because when you walk into a new congregation, yes, we all believe in Jesus, God's holy Son. Yet sometimes there are denominational differences, which um, can divide, right, and sometimes discourage people. And so um, this morning, I was refreshed and encouraged, and. Uh, like uh, Pastor Jeremy said, my name is Mark Hansia. I'm a child of God and a messenger of the gospel. Um, I was born up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, to Albert and Marie Cancia. They both uh, were born in Haiti, um, which is a small Caribbean country in the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was raised down in Florida. So if you hear an accent while I'm speaking, that's why. Um, I moved to Jackson about three and a half years ago um, to work with the Salvation Army, and then the Lord had um, led me away, right? The part of the nature of the Army is to receive marching orders, and so there are times where the Army says go, and like a good soldier, you go, but if you ever say no, I don't think the Lord has called me to go. I need to stay. Then that's frowned upon in an Army, and so um, my work with the Army came to an end, and now I'm working with the United Way as the Director of School and Community Engagement. But most importantly, um, I am so grateful to be here this morning, to be in the presence of other believers, people that love Jesus. I woke up at 2 a.m. this morning just out of anxiety. Does anybody else deal with anxiety in the room? Okay. Um, and so anxiety woke me up at 2 o'clock, and I was like, okay, maybe I should stay up and just finish my sermon. And then I was like, no, 
probably should sleep. And so I went back to sleep, and then I woke up again, and I said, hey, Alexa, what time is it? And she said, it's 3.14. I said, oh, gosh, this is not going to be good. I really should be sleeping right now. And then I started to pray, and I was like, God, I trust you. I don't know what exactly I'm walking into, but I believe that I'm going to be in a room full of other believers. What I'm going to say to them is not going to be made up. It's your holy word. There's no need for me to try to impress or to be creative or to convince you of anything unless you're a non-believer. Are there any non-believers in the room this morning? Because if there are, then I'm going to turn my convincing hat on so that I can, you know, turn you into a believer. But then I did go back to sleep after that. And I thanked God when I woke up and it was 6.40 and I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is a more reasonable time for me to be up and, and get ready. But um, it is a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, to be with New Life Church this morning. Um, you guys are good people already. This morning, as we anticipate this season of Thanksgiving, um, we're going to focus really um, less on thanks. And so next week, if you want to touch on thanks... Today, I'm going to talk more about the giving component of Thanksgiving, um, just because we're moving into an entire season of giving, right? I'm sure people have already started to buy Christmas gifts, yeah? Or you're racking your brain as to what you're going to get this year, like what gift you're going to give that's going to be awesome. And so um, our time this morning... And if you're watching online, I want to apologize now if this wireless mic goes out and I have to transition. And I want to apologize if the videos that I have to play, I'm talking to the people online right now, not you guys. You guys should be fine. Um, But if you're watching online, then I want you to know that if the video does not translate into video world online, I apologize. And we'll post it in the comments or something. But for those of you that are in the room, it's going to be fine. We're good. Um, We're going to talk about the biblical principle of giving. And so if you have your Bible, or if not, it's going to be on the screen. It's going to be from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. And I want to focus this morning on the importance of giving. And I hope by the end of our time together this morning, you will be inspired to increase your level of giving by 1%. Everybody say 1%. You think you could give 1% more than what you give now? I hope so. And I hope as you consider how you will give 1% more, you'll be thinking of how you spend your time, your talents, your treasure, and even your testimony. Because I believe that the Lord has done something in all of our lives, or he's currently doing something in each one of our lives that is worth sharing to somebody else. Somebody who may be anticipating what it is that you have already gone through. Or maybe somebody that has already, or somebody who's currently in what you have um, gone through. And so I hope that through your time, talents, and treasures, and testimony, you will be thinking of how you can give just a little bit more. But before we go any further, I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray with us. Spirit of God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would speak and that you would move and that you would inspire. God, I pray that you would challenge and encourage, affirm, Lord, and bless our time together for your glory, Jesus, and in your name that we pray, amen. So we're going to begin in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9 where it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward so that none of us can boast about it. A network of theologians assert that in these verses, Paul is affirming that God, through his wealth of mercy and love, his riches. He reaches out to us to restore us, to demonstrate his own love for us. 
I remember the first time I heard that scripture. That was the day that my life changed forever. I remember I was working at a summer camp down in Florida. It was Camp Keystone, and I was struggling with sin. It was sexual sin, and I was struggling with um, just being separated from church. I, I felt as though I was so broken that I couldn't even gather in a group of people like this just because of my sin and how I felt like it separated me from other believers. And I admitted that to my co-counselor at the time, and I told him everything that I had done, and I told him how I had grown up in church, and um, I know that God loves the world so much that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. But I also told him that I was struggling with sin, and I couldn't stop sinning. I was like, I can't. And so I don't want to go to church, and I don't even want to try to have a relationship with Jesus. Because of the way that my sin would affect me. And I remember Micah told me um, that it is by grace that I have been saved through faith. It's a gift that comes from God. And like any gift, all we've got to do is accept it and open it and receive it and put it on and enjoy it and use it. It's not something that we strive for or we work for. It's something that we acknowledge and we own. We enjoy and we use it. From from that summer that I was working at camp, my entire life changed. Because the striving ceased, right? The sin didn't stop, but I knew that I was loved by a God who is good, who gives good gifts to his children, And like most children, all we've got to do is just open it up and receive it and just hold it up and be like, Lord, thank you so much for this gift that you have given to me. And now this gift of grace, as Paul continues to write in his writings, it's not so that we could just continue sinning. It's so that we could understand that we are loved, that that there is accountability Right, for us to use this gift, for us to recognize what God has done. That when he sent his son Jesus, it wasn't just for Jesus to die or to rise again or to create a place for us in heaven. It's for us to have a real interactive relationship with him and a real and righteous relationship with those that we're sitting next to and those that aren't even in this holy room. And every time I think of that, I think of this video that we're going to play. Um, And this video is from General William Booth. He's the founder of the Salvation Army. And um, this was what the Lord spoke to him. And this is what motivated him in his relationship with God and his relationship with others. Check out this low-quality video that we're going to play real quick. I had a vision. I saw a dark and stormy ocean. In that ocean, I thought I saw multitudes of poor human beings plunging and floating and shouting and shrieking, cursing and struggling and drowning. And out of this dark, angry ocean, I saw a mighty rock that rose up with its summit towering high above the stormy seas. And all round the base of the rock, I saw a vast platform. And on this platform, I saw with delight a number of the poor wretches continually climbing out of the angry ocean. And I saw that some of those who were already safe on the platform were fervently helping the poor creatures still in the angry waters to reach safety. But something puzzled me. Although they had all been rescued at one time or another from the ocean, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it. Anyway, the memory of its darkness and danger no longer troubled them. And what was equally strange and perplexing to me was that most of these people did not seem to have any care, that is, any agonizing care, about the poor perishing ones who were struggling and drowning right before their eyes. 
But then I saw something wonderful. I saw a great being from above come straight from his palace, right through the dark clouds. And he leapt right into the raging sea among the drowning people. And there I saw him toiling to rescue them until the sweat of his great anguish ran down in blood. And he was continually crying to those already rescued, to those whom he had helped with his own bleeding hands, to come and help him in the painful and laborious task of saving the lost. But the strangest thing of all was that those on the platform to whom he called were so taken up with their trades and professions and money-saving and pleasures and families and community and gatherings and religions and arguments about it that they did not respond to the cry that came to them from this wonderful being who had himself by his spirit gone down into the sea. And so the multitude went on struggling and shrieking and drowning in the darkness. And then I saw something that seemed stranger than anything that had happened before in this very strange vision. Those whom this wonderful being cried out to to come and help him in his difficult task were always praying and crying to him to come to them. Some wanted him to come and stay with them and spend his time and strength in making them happier. Others wanted him to come and take away various doubts and misgivings they had concerning the truth of some letters which he had written them. Others wanted him to come and make them feel more secure on the rock, so secure that they would be totally sure they would never slip off again. They used to meet and get as close to the rock as they could, and looking towards the mainland where they thought the great being was, they would cry out, come to us, come and help us. But all this time, he was down among the poor drowning creatures, crying to them in a hoarse voice, come to me, come and help me. And then I understood it all. It was plain enough. That sea was the ocean of life, the sea of real, actual human existence. Those multitudes of people struggling in the stormy sea were the billions of sinners from every race, language, and nation. That great sheltering rock was Calvary, the place of the cross. And the people on it were those who had been rescued from sin and hell and who professed to be followers of Jesus Christ. That mighty being who called to them from the tempest was the Son of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever who is still struggling to save the dying multitudes about us from this terrible doom of damnation, and whose voice can be heard above the music and machinery and noise of life, calling on the rescued to come and help him save the world. My friends in Christ, you are rescued from the waters. You are on the rock. Jesus is in the dark sea, calling on you to come and help him. Will you go? Giving is a biblical principle, which was modeled by our Savior and Creator, and he invites us to participate in that with him. We all have been saved by grace through faith. When I asked earlier if there were any non-believers in the room, nobody raised their hand, which means we all have something to share with someone else. We all have the gift of grace that was freely given to us that we can now extend to others. The other day I was reading one of those calendars that have those good quotes on them. You know what I'm talking about? Like similar to those uh, memes that are shared on Instagram. And it says, grace embraces you before you prove anything and after you've done everything wrong. That's grace. Before you prove anything and after you have done everything wrong, you get to experience grace. The free gift of grace. Grace is a gift 
a gift that was given to each one of us. Giving is a principle that's modeled by our creator at the beginning of the world. He modeled how he gave his own creativity to create you and me and the world that we get to enjoy. He's given. He's given through the way that he has shown how he's able to preserve even this world. He continues to give and to govern all things. When we receive what is given, then we have hope. We have hope to know, to enjoy. We have hope. We, we can be inspired to go out and give it to others, others who seemingly may not even deserve it. Today, I hope that you would be inspired. You would be inspired to give of yourself, to give of your time and your talents and your treasure and your testimony. Because I believe it's through the word of testimony that has the ability to change the lives of others. Philippians 2, verses 4 through 6, says this. It says, do not, or don't, I'm sorry, don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Again, scholars call this entire experience the kenosis theory, where Jesus emptied his entire self. He relieved himself of all of his uh, divine powers so that he could be a human being like you and me to walk this earth, to experience what we experience, to live a life that we live so that he can relate to each one of us. He humbled himself in obedience to God, and this is verse 8, and died a criminal's death on a cross. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And that is our God. That is our Savior. That is the one who one day we will be in his presence forever. Yet he's also the one whose life we model as human beings, where we give of ourselves, we give of our time, we give of the things that God has blessed us with. including our testimony. Now, what's nice is there's a benefit of giving. What are some of the benefits of giving? Anyone. Tax deduction. That's real. That is very real. And for those of you that have not yet filed your taxes, then you don't really get it. But for those of us that do, like... We know. We know. What are the benefits of giving? Joy. Give and it shall be given back to you. Joy. get to enjoy that blessing, huh? The benefits of giving. Uh, Reciprocity. Reciprocity. You get to help someone else. Yeah.
Yeah, you get to participate in God's nature. It makes moving easy, right, when you're not hoarding a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Because Jesus emptied himself, because he gave what he had, verse 9 says, Therefore God elevated him to the to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we give, God is glorified. We sang a song earlier that says, that said, I will exalt you. Right? And so when we do that, when we When we demonstrate that generosity, when we give, we are able to exalt God. Paul, in his writing, puts Jesus up as a model. Jesus went all in. He gave all that he had so that we could have a salvific experience and so that we could then go out and rescue others and bring them into this salvific experience to be more and more like Christ in our thoughts In our attitudes, in our actions, we get to represent or represent to those what Christ exhibited to us and through Scripture while he was on earth. Has anybody in here watched The Chosen? Yeah? Okay, good. (laughs) Good. And I'm glad you were so enthusiastic when you said it because there are mixed feelings about The Chosen. Some people either really like it or some people think like that scripture shouldn't be represented in that way. But I'm one that really likes it because I get to see Jesus and his disciples interacting with each other in a very real way. I'm a very basic believer if you haven't realized it yet. And so I've got to see things. Like I've got, I I want to touch it. I want to do it. I want to just like make it happen. And so in The Chosen, um, I didn't watch all the series, so please don't try to ask me about specific shows or whatever. But in The Chosen, we get to see Jesus interact in human form. And it makes it a little easier to try to imitate what he was like. So there's another video that we're going to watch, and we're going to see Jesus in action. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close... Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you. The others stepped down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Who's not helping? Who's getting in your way? Hmm. I'm asking about you. (laughs) I've tried. false hope again, I understand. But this pool, 
It has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up. Pick up your mat. And walk. Free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Praise God. Everything changes now. Praise God. I love Jesus, don't you? I love him, and I love seeing him at work in the lives of other people. And I love seeing that because he has so much personality. And it's like, he said, we'll get to that later. All right, Jesus, cool. Um, But he continued to give. Jesus continued to give through his ministry of healing. And he continued to just speak to those that would listen. The prophet Isaiah wrote, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of the Lord's anger is against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. Amen. Jesus echoed that again in the Gospels. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim to the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. I got, to, I got to speak to a group of social workers a couple weeks ago and I asked them how would their work change if they believed that the Spirit of the Lord was on them? How would, their, how would they approach their work differently if they believed that the Lord has anointed them to bring good news to the poor or has appointed them to send uh, comfort to the brokenhearted and to proclaim to captives that they will be released and that prisoners will be freed? Now that I stand here with you, as we're talking about giving, how would that change your approach to the relationships that you're in to believe that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you and that you've been anointed to bring good news to the poor? What if you believed that you were sent to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim to captives 
that they will be released and that prisoners will be freed? What if you were sent to tell those that were mourning that the time of the Lord's favor has come? God promised this to the people of Israel. And I believe that God promised this to all his people, whether Jew or Gentile, and that he wants to rebuild and restore, redeem and reveal, revamp, revitalize, reconsider, renovate, reinvent, reconvene, reconcile, and revive the things that are dead, dying, distracted, depressed, despondent, broken, lacking, and simply not doing their job. Remember, Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it up upon the oceans. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We as his people just get to enjoy it and to participate in the work that he would like us to do. It's a gift, a very gracious and generous and good gift. We can pray, we can seek, we can knock, but there's nothing that we can do to earn the gifts from God. They are free to those who ask and are aware of who he is. The thief on the cross was perfectly positioned to experience the gift of grace that is available to all of us. At New Life Church, the mission is to make Jesus the center of our lives, church, and communities. Whether you have been in church for a time or never been in church, there's a place for you. This Sunday is the kickoff for the Christmas blessing offering where we're going to gather funds and resources to give to other people. I'm humbled and honored to be able to be part of this with you today, to be able to start this season of giving with you. And I look forward to seeing how our community will be impacted by it. How God's kingdom will be strengthened because we recognize that giving is something that is good. It's beneficial. It's something that God did. He gave his only son so that we could have eternal life. And because of that, our lives are fuller. They're better. We have a future that is optimistic and hopeful. And even now, as we live on earth and we deal with things that are difficult, like anxiety or insecurity, we can rest in knowing that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And we are stewards of what God has given to us. We're stewards of our time. We're stewards of our talents. Thank you guys for all the audio visuals that you've been keeping up with. Thank you for using your time and talents in that way. We're stewards of our treasures. We're stewards of our testimonies. We're stewards of these things. And we're moving into a season. We're moving into a season where we get to give gifts. We get to give. There's a book that's out there. If any of you like to read, I'd encourage you to read it. It's called My Soul Purpose. My Soul Purpose by Richard Parrott. And in his book, he leads his readers. And I'm going to wrap up here real quick. He, he leads his readers to imagine. And when I imagine things, sometimes I close my eyes to imagine. And so if you're like me, you can close your eyes and imagine that the God of the universe whispers in your ear 
and asks you the question, what shall we create out of your life that will advance my purpose? And so now you're thinking about the different things that you're responsible for or the opportunity that you have or the resources that you have. The God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that has kept it all in control, as crazy as it may seem sometimes, the governor of heaven and earth takes time to whisper in your ear And he asks you the question, what shall we create out of your life that will advance my purpose? And it's beautiful because the God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, cares enough for us to say, hey, I want to do this with you. I want this to be a relationship where I don't force you to do anything, but you get to show me how you will want to exalt me here on earth. You get to do that. You get to make those choices. You've been blessed in different ways. You've got freedom in different ways. You've got finances or resources or time or a sense of humor or this ability. And you get to decide how you'll use it to advance a divine purpose. You get to decide to an extent how God will use what you have for his divine purpose. God is good and all the time God is good. There's a song We're actually going to do two things at once real quick. I want to give you time to respond um, to everything that you have heard and the things that you have seen on the screen. So you're going to have time to just kind of meditate and just think like, Lord, what can I do? How can we cooperate with each other to advance? your divine purpose. There's a song that's going to play. It's called Gracefully Broken. Grace is a gift. We've all been given many good gifts. So I think these carpets here have been set aside. They've been set apart. They've been sanctified for a space for you to kneel and to pray and to be in the presence of God and maybe allow somebody else to pray with you. And so you can do that during this time and just have the conversation with God, with yourself, with a spouse, with a friend. But as we move into this season of giving, I want us to be very intentional about how we approach it, about how we're investing what we've been given. So let's do that now. Let's reflect and respond. Having these hands and multiply, God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again, set me on fire. Set me on fire, Jesus. Here I am, God. Arms wide open, pouring out my life, gracefully
Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of the Lord's anger against their enemies to all who mourn in Israel. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. John Wesley often talked about grace and how, and he described how it's like an unwavering friend who never gets tired of seeking us out, even when we think we're lost in the dark alleys of all of our mistakes. That's grace. It started long before us, and it will lead us home. It's a gift. 
that has been given to each one of us. And so as we enter this season, give. Give. And receive. Receive the the most sweet, special, sacred gift of grace. Remember, grace embraces you before you prove anything and after you have done everything wrong. Grace. Grace. There's a song. There's a song. I think uh, the Gaither brothers wrote it. Or that's how I know it. It's through the Gaither brothers. And this is what it says, right? So as we get ready to go our separate ways, before the benediction is pronounced, the song is called, I Then Shall Live. And these are what the lyrics say. It says, I then shall live as one who's been forgiven. I'll walk with joy to know my debts are paid. I know my name is clear before my father. I am his child and I am not afraid. So greatly pardoned, I'll forgive my brother. The law of love, I gladly will obey. I then shall live as one who's learned compassion. I've been so loved that I'll risk loving too. I know how fear builds walls instead of bridges. I'll dare to see another's point of view. And when relationships demand commitment, then I'll be there to care and follow through. Your kingdom come around and through and in me. Your power and glory, let them shine through me. Your hallowed name, O may I bear with honor, and may your living kingdom come in me. The bread of life, O may I share with honor, and may you feed a hungry world through me. In Jesus' name, amen.